Welcome into A to Z Sports, powered by TennesseeTickets.com. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at A to Z Sports. Check our Facebook page, at A to Z Sports Nashville. Instagram, A to Z Sports. We are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network, and we go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time. Got to thank our sponsors because they make everything happen for our show, for our business, and for you guys. TennesseeTickets.com coming up next week. Uh, the NFL will release its schedule for this season, and that means you can go buy your Titans tickets at TennesseeTickets.com, save a bunch of money, and also uh, get a great inventory, great options for your uh, Titans single-game tickets at TennesseeTickets.com. Renters Warehouse, the professional landlords in the Nashville area, RentersWarehouse.com is where to go to find out how much your home can rent for. There are so many ways that Renters Warehouse can help you save money and create extra cash flow during these crazy times. RentersWarehouse.com. Man, do the Pulse of Fitness back open today in Brentwood and Cool Springs. I'm going this afternoon. What is Mandu? It's a 15-minute workout. That's true. 15 minutes. It simulates five-plus hours in the weight room because of full-body uh, <clears throat> electronic muscle stimulation. The science is real. The results are real. I've missed Mandu the last six weeks, and thank God it is back. Mandu.com, your first workout is free. Perfect time for that. The Tucker Agency, Nashville's independent insurance agency, giving you relief by saving you an average of 20% on your personal insurance. TuckerTN.com to take advantage of that. And then Calvin and Subtle Hardwood and Finishings, taking CDC precautions for your hardwood flooring needs. To book an appointment, call here, 615-448-6414, calvinandsubtle.com. Zach, Vols, top five in recruiting classes across the board. Uh, 24-7 composite, which puts all the recruiting services into one, has the Vols number three overall number one in the SEC, only trailing the Ohio State University and the Mac Brown-led North Carolina Tar Heels. I feel like a lot of people forget that Mac Brown's coaching North Carolina. But uh, so Tennessee's right there. They've jumped Florida, and they jumped Clemson over the last couple of days with the five uh, big-time commitments they've gotten this week. Yeah, I will say Austin, May 1st. I will say that because, uh, look, I, North, if North Carolina sure. is the number two recruiting uh, – team in their football program in the country that means that national signing day must be a long way away but I do want, I want to say that but I don't want to downplay what has happened in Tennessee and in Knoxville over the last week days because it is pretty incredible now I have my personal opinion on on recruiting right you are only as good to me as when you sign the dotted line your words mean nothing Especially sure. when you're an 18 year old snot nosed kid that's really good at football, because and all you want is Twitter followers. But the players that they have gotten to say I'm going to Tennessee this week has been pretty astounding, and mm -hmm. I think it's been recognized. Look, I'm not a Tennessee fan. I speak without any orange colored glasses. I don't own a pair. Right, the only pair that I've ever bought was on the bucket to make fun of Boston. That's the only pair that I have. But I will say, I think around the country, college football fans in a weird time that we live in, in sports, I do think college football fans across the country are recognizing at least what Tennessee is doing, or they're saying, what is going on, yeah. right? They don't understand what's happening and what Jeremy Pruitt has been able to do over the course of the last week. Yeah, so I'll, I'll run through what they've done this week. Yesterday alone, they got five-star linebacker who is the number 10 overall player in the country right now in Terrence Lewis, uh, who is the number two player in the entire state of Florida to commit to Tennessee. Uh, and then yesterday, the number one Juco running back, Tyon Evans, who comes from the same junior college as Cordero Patterson and Alvin Kamara there in Kansas, he commits to the Vols. This the whole thing started when five-star defensive end Dylan Brooks, who is the number one ranked defensive end and the number one player in the state of Alabama, committed on Sunday. Then four-star safety Kamar Wilcoxon on Monday. And then Tuesday saw uh, four-star wide receiver Julian Nixon commit. So that's, that's five big names of highly ranked recruits that have allowed the Vols to jump all the way up to number three in the, in the country, number one in the SEC. And they've really started the, the conversation, not with just the commits, not with just Vol fans, but other play, other recruits around the country have been, because recruits talk to each other. We all know that. This is 2020. Uh, recruits are always in the same text groups. They camp together before right now, but they know each other. 
and they have a, a relationship, there's quote tweets and retweets and Twitter conversations about from other five-star players saying what's going on in Tennessee, what y'all got going on there and all this, and, and saying the recruits who are committed saying, come join and all this stuff. And, and then you see Georgia football's Twitter account, as Matt Stewart has brought up in the comments, tweet out a subtweet Tennessee by saying, showing highlights from last year's game of, the third straight win over the Vols when uh, a couple top players in the state of Georgia have committed to Tennessee this week. And, and it's not necessarily the stars next to the names of these players. It's the, the schools that these players were also considering, and they picked Tennessee over Alabama, LSU, Auburn, Georgia, Florida. So they're beating – they're winning head-to-head -head battles in the SEC. And Jeremy Pruitt – has them the talk of college football right now when really it was LSU last week with having 14 draft picks. All right, two things. I think one of the reasons why the Georgia football program's trolling Tennessee and other because there's not anything to do, right? Yeah, I and, mean, and like, they can't. Right? They, can. they, they can, and their social media managers are just itching to do something, right? Sure. So I, I, I downplay that. I don't think that that's. I a big think it's deal. great. I'm not downplaying it. But I no, think it's fantastic. Saying, I, yeah. I don't think it, as a, if you were a Tennessee fan, I don't think. Well, look, Georgia's recognizing what we're gonna we're doing right now. That's big time. I just think there's not anything else to do. I will ask you this, Austin, and okay. I'm curious. I'm curious because I, I have no idea, and I think a lot of people, a lot of Tennessee fans, a lot of other people. Look, I went to Old Miss. Uh, other SEC fans. Why and how is this happening right now? Like, what have has have they been drugged? Have they been paid? Like, what's going on? Like, I like it's weird. It doesn't make any sense. We're in the middle of a pandemic. We're under house arrest essentially by the United States government, and now all of a sudden, Jeremy Pruitt is pulling reeling these kids in at the end of April, beginning of May. The timing makes zero sense. So, can you at least give me a theory or an idea? Why the hell is Tennessee climbing up the ranks of recruiting right now? Well, Danny says on Facebook that this all started back before the Cade Mays transfer, that Georgia is falling apart. I don't think Georgia is falling apart. They just had the number one recruiting class uh, last this past cycle. So Georgia's not falling apart. Did they have some players transfer? Have they lost a lot of talent over the last couple of years? Hell, they had two first-round offensive linemen uh, this year in the draft, another draft pick, and then Cade Mays transferred out. So they have to uh, reset there a little bit with that talent. But why is this happening? Let's go back and remember that week of uh, the Vols bowl game. Remember when uh, they got a lot of wins? Like they had not just on the field, but off the field too. They uh, beat uh, Indiana in that comeback to kind of get things going. Trey Smith said he's coming back for his senior year. Uh, they landed a couple nice big name coaching staff additions. And Jeremy Pruitt was forced to make coaching staff changes after year two, he signed these guys to a two-year contract when he got the job. And so the first two years was about setting a standard. And we all know things about how. Why now? I like, I, why you now? tell me all the stuff I already know. Why well, they, now? They've had momentum. They've won six games in a row. Uh, Jeremy, Cru Jeremy Pruitt has been able to lay a foundation and set a standard of recruiting. They've gotten Harrison Bailey. They've got a couple other big-name uh, recruits. They finished last cycle as the number 10 class and who they signed. So they finished strong on signing day and their new coaching staff additions have, have been recruiters. Like they phased out the Tracy rocker, like old man football coach and teacher and gone after younger recruiting guys to be on the staff. And Brian Niedermeyer is one of the best recruiters right now in the country and has been for a couple of years. And they had a lot of momentum with this 2021 class before the pandemic started. And then you can, I think you have to give a lot of props to Jeremy Pruitt and his staff on how they've been able to adapt with uh, the times of change of FaceTiming and Zooming and Skyping with these recruits to stay in contact and, and continuing and furthering and building that momentum. But it's all about the number one thing this staff was hired to do at Tennessee, and Jeremy Pruitt is included in this, is – Recruit, recruit at a high level and get the right type of players that they want and not just look at the stars next to the name. Now that's turned into both the type of players they want and the stars are coming with it. All right. We've got a brand new feature on Facebook and I cannot wait to exercise it. I think you've, look, you've said a, a lot. Brand new of feature on Facebook. Things. I don't even yeah. know what that is. I know. Well, I'm about to tell you, right? Zuckerberg's hooked up. Uh, 
it, it oh, worked well it. for me because I like to give out emotion, right? I'm an emotional person. I'm a passionate guy. Well, Michael Campbell now gets the care of the show. You can now care about an individual and an individual's comment. Interesting. So for the first time ever, Michael Campbell, you get the care and you get featured on our platform, which is, hey, you can read it aloud. I also, I'll let you read this comment. Not getting excited until they sign them papers. Look, Not and- getting excited till you sign them papers. Sure. Love this, Michael. Sure. You- That's a, it's a great comment. And I tweeted the same thing earlier this week. Like, you're asking me the question of why is this happening now? And I'm doing my best to answer on how Jimmy Pruitt has been able to get this momentum. But right now, May 1st. It's just May 1st. Signing period doesn't even start until middle of December, and we don't know how what's going to happen down the road over the coming months and the rest of this year of how this changes. But you, I mean, they've never been this high. Brent Doherty yesterday on Twitter uh, from the Zone mentioned how in the last twenty years the Vols have never had a top three recruiting class. They've had like two or three top five recruiting classes in the two thousands, but never this high. And so this is different. Obviously, they have to sign and retain these players. And the nature of recruiting is they're not going to keep everybody they currently have. That's just not how it works in recruiting. But if they keep the five stars and the other highly rated guys and the targets they want, the momentum is hard to slow down at this point. All right, so this will lead us into our next question that we're going to ask you guys. And it's very simple. Is is Jeremy Pruitt ahead of schedule or on track with the Vols football program? And we have a longtime listener, longtime viewer, longtime commenter, Bama Shane coming in here. Name Bama Shane for a reason. Yeah. Bama Shane asks, when will it translate to winning games that matter? Now, the last two words are really key because I agree. that yeah. matter. They've won games, right? They, sure. they finished the season eight and five. They were on a streak. I mean, they won seven out of their last eight. They won their last six. They were doing really, really good. But when will that start to translate uh, to winning games that matter? That leads us to our question that we will ask you guys, which is, is Jeremy Pruitt ahead of schedule or is he on track with the Vols Vols program? Because we know one thing, they're a lot better today than they were a couple of years ago when Butch Jones was running that thing into the ground, buying up shoes and watches and not developing players worth a damn. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's ask the question, uh, is Jeremy Pruitt ahead of schedule or on track with the Vols football program? But first, Zach, tell the great people about how Tucker Agency can help them out during these crazy times. Yeah, you talk about a five-star five-star agency right here, and that is the Tucker Agency. We've teamed up with them during the pandemic for one reason. That's to help you guys. It's a give back. That's literally the philosophy. That's why we sat down. Will Tucker and his team own an insurance agency right here in Nashville, right here in Middle Tennessee. And the idea is to save you money. And you can email Will right now. Will at TuckerTN.com. Will at TuckerTN.com. And just say, introduce yourself and say, hey, look, I'm trying to look at my policy. And the reason why is the average customer at the Tucker Agency can save 20% on their insurance. I'm talking home insurance, renter's insurance, Uh, auto insurance, valuables, if you've got a rental property, all of these things maybe can save you a couple hundred extra dollars because you've lost income, you've lost your job, times are tough. We all know that. That's not anything new because the the coronavirus. But one way to fix it is go to TuckerTN.com or email Will at TuckerTN.com and ask to get a quote just to say, hey, look, Look at my insurance, see if we can restructure, get a couple hundred extra bucks in the months of May, June, July, August, and that will save you a lot of money, TuckerTN.com. A to Z Sports, so asking the question, is Jeremy Pruitt ahead of schedule or on track? Uh, here talking Vols this morning. Also, don't forget, uh, subscribe, rate, and review to our A to Z Sports podcast feed. Where guys, we got a big orange podcast every week with our guys Zach Reagan and Charlie Burris that drops every Thursday morning. If you love the Vols, they talk it all. Big Orange podcast under the A to Z Sports podcast network, wherever you get your podcast. So the question, is Jeremy Pruitt ahead of schedule or is he on track? Uh, so I, I think... I'm going to read some comments because Bama Shane says eight and four again. Now we can have an, an opinion eight and four in 2020, I think would be a satisfactory and a successful record 
for the Vols because we know they have a difficult non-conference game with Oklahoma as it stands now. Uh, Sean says, got to close the deal way too early to get excited. Uh, so then we see um, Steven say, based on the previous coaches, Pruitt is ahead of schedule. Tress says, on track for sure. Bama Shane is right. Got to start winning big SEC East games. Uh, let's see. John says, I think excitement is allowed before the papers are signed. All this attention will lead to a better class regardless. Uh, are they on track? Zach Reagan, host of the Big Orange Podcast, says, on track, definitely not ahead of schedule. Uh, Zach, what's your answer? Because Matt Stewart says he's on track as well. What's your answer? Well, you, you sit there and you I think you diagnose where they were and where they are now. And I did not think that they would go 8-5 and five in his second year. Did Especially you, by starting 0-2. Did you? Right? Uh, yeah. well, I'll set 0-2 I'll set aside. I thought with how Butch Jones left that program, where he left it, hell. I mean, Brady Hoke was coaching the Vols in that, that final game of that season. Butch Jones had essentially quit on the team. Then his ass got canned. There was going to be a huge redirect and I will give Tennessee credit because look I'm, I'm not biased in this sense they they had to hit the reset button that big orange button they tapped that bad boy got rid of their chancellor got rid of their AD got rid of their head football coach was important for Tennessee just because of the money that it gives you and they you know what Philip Fulmer came in with not a lot of experience as an athletic director and he, he turned the program around. And so I think – I did not expect them to be 8-5. and five. So I will say that they are ahead of schedule. I don't think that they're right on track. I actually think that they are ahead of schedule because 8-5, and five, you sit there – I didn't think they were going to be 8-5. and five. That, That's a Jeremy Pruitt thing. On track would be, I think, the slower tier of – not bowl game, maybe a six-win season, maybe a seven-win season. I just think it would – I thought it was going to take a longer period of time. Now, here's the big if. Yeah. They can't regress. Eight and five, the hard part about Jeremy Pruitt and these Tennessee fans that we'll talk about and diagnose the best and worst qualities here coming up is you sit there, eight-win season, that's the standard. I got a lot of Tennessee fans that are friends, okay? <laughs> yeah. God, if I had a dollar, hell, a penny, every time I heard, we back, we back, it's become I'd a be joke rich. almost. I'd know? be one like, of those ducktails diving into a, a whole pool of coins. Yeah. So, so I, I the, the standard of Tennessee fans is very, very high, and the expectations are. So, I, I actually I believe that they are ahead of schedule just because they're eight and five in his second year. And if you would have told me that at the beginning of John, uh, Jeremy Pruitt's tenure, I'd been like, your ass is crazy. So you bring up eight and five. And like we talked a lot about the before the season started last year of our what's Tennessee's our predictions. I thought they would go seven and five, but I thought they were seven and five because they won all four of their non-conference games and went three and five in the SEC. That's not what happened. I mean, they started in the 0-2 hole, and they won five conference games, and they, they did sweep the bottom part of the East, which that's important. That was step number one for Tennessee you to get – bottom, but they no, no, used no, no, to be no, there. But that, that's what I'm saying. Like, the, the, the first step of getting back on track – I'm not saying being back, but getting back on track, the first step is take care of the teams that you should be taking care of, which is Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Kentucky, and Missouri. Because Tennessee went through the entire 90s and most of the 2000s with never losing to Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and South Carolina, except for a couple one-off years to South Carolina, never to Vandy and Kentucky in those two decades. And, and then all of a sudden Missouri came in, and they couldn't beat Missouri for a few years, but they swept all four of those teams. That's important. And then they were able to beat their West crossover, and that's not Alabama, which they've done that both years under Jeremy Pruitt. They beat Auburn, and they beat Mississippi State. So that's that's building blocks for what this program is trying to become. I think they're on track. And the main reason why I think they're on track is that I still don't believe in the quarterback position. I think they have a lot of good things going on the defensive line, we thought D-line was going to be a weakness last year. It was a strength by the end of the season. And they got all those guys back, too, minus Daryl Taylor. 
So they, they've got good things going on defense at all three levels with Henry Toho Toho and some young talent they have at safety. They've got good things going on the offensive line. The offensive line is going to be strong as it's been in eight years. 2012, they had four NFL O-linemen on that line. They're going to have something close to that in 2020 whenever the season kicks off. Well, I want to say this about the offensive line because you just yeah. brought it up. They got unlucky and then lucky with Trey Smith, who is an unbelievable talent, right? Because yeah. he was in question of, I mean, what a waste of a talent because of a medical thing that he has nothing to do with, right? The blood clots, that's not his fault by any means. But he's fought through, played through, and now coming back. That that sets a offensive line standard that, let's just face it, Derek Dooley did not have during his tenure. And we know in college football, the things you do now – have repercussions two to three to four years later. And that's yeah. just how the business works. Right. And and Rob says wide receiver is, is a concern. They lost Jennings, Callaway, and Donwood Anderson. That's true. But I like what they have coming back from a talent perspective. They haven't produced anything. But I, I like Josh Palmer a lot as a future number one guy for the Vols in the SEC. But they have to prove that. My, my one thing holding me back is the quarterback position because that's what held them back last season. Yes, Garantano came back and helped them win some games late in the season, but he also cost them the, the Georgia State game, the BYU game, and he allowed Florida to run away from them with a couple missed opportunities and big mistakes at the quarterback position. So until I know for sure that Harrison Bailey is legit, and because Jerry Garantano is always going to be what he is, right? He's not going to – Take a Joe Burrow step. Like that's there's no way in hell that's gonna happen. Nobody does that. But but so uh but is Harrison Bailey legit and how well can he catch up and be better than what Garantano has been? Because that's the one thing holding this program back. Because you talk about eight wins, eight and five last year. If they have a competent quarterback, Zach, they're 10 and three. Now the three losses are still blowouts. You know, like like this, they're still losing. And those, are, and those are what Bama Shane mentioned. Exactly. Games that matter. And, you know, I, and I always, I kind of say this and don't take offense to Tennessee fans, but, you know, I was the we back, we back. No, you back in third place behind Georgia and Florida. Like, and there's that's still where it is. A, and there's but, a but, but here it is. I do not, and I'm not a Tennessee fan, I do not expect or did not expect them to be back into the one or two slot with the emergence of what Georgia has done in the past several years with Kirby Smart as their head coach and Dan Mullen taking over and really reinvigorating that reinvigorating that program that was stumbling with Will Muschamp and all the and and I can't even think of the guy's name who's who's after Muschamp for Florida. Oh, Shark, Shark Jim McElwain. Jim McElwain. Yeah, yeah, Shark Man didn't didn't help their case either. They have obviously gotten the right guys in place, but here's one thing. I do believe that Jeremy Pruitt, with what he proved this past year, gives Tennessee fans the confidence to say, we have the right guy in place in our program. Now, I'll ask you this, and this is why I question your answer, Austin. Okay. You cannot sit here and, and tell me that you expected them to be 8-5 and five after year two of Jeremy Pruitt once Butch Jones went out the door. So that's why they can't be on track, in my opinion. On track is a slow rise of it takes time to build a program. Now, Tennessee can recruit. We'll talk more about that here in a second. But year one, year two, year three, and then once you get into year four or year five, now you're starting to vie for the one and two slots. I think that's been expedited a little bit because the expectations now have been set at eight games. I, I, I think year one is always like Derek Dooley was infamously quoting year one as actually being year zero because you can't hold that against a coach, which is just that's excuse making. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's, that's sales on give me more time, please don't fire me yet. But uh, year one is a, is a stripped down reset the culture because we know how much that culture was broken and shattered under Butch Jones and, and all the damage that the end of 2016 and all of 2017 did for Tennessee's image. Uh, and Jeremy Pruitt had to work through that. And David Ubbin of The Athletic has done a really good job of interviewing whether it was coaches taking new jobs or players uh, who go on and leave to the NFL of giving exit interviews. And Marquez Callaway pretty, talked pretty emphatically about how Jeremy Pruitt 
came in and set a standard of what was expected from the players in that first year. And it took some weeding out process, but you know, I think it's, they are where they I expect them to be because you said you, there's no way you would expect them to be seven and five in year two, seven and five was my record. And that was my prediction. You know, eight, the eighth win came in the bowl game. So as of right now, they, they took a roller coaster ride to get there, but, but they got you one, right? You mentioned it. It and this is where we do have to talk about the threads of the cloth, and that is the first two games of Georgia State and BYU. They had the BYU game one, and there's no reason, rhyme or reason, that they should ever lose to Georgia State. So yeah. that yields you to them having a lot better season. Than eight and five. That's why I say that they are they are much ahead of schedule than on track. I think they're on track because the quarterback position is is, is going to hold them back until it doesn't. And with Tennessee, especially when it comes to like well, beating them games late, though. Look, I'm I've been critical of their quarterback position, so I I do give you some grace in what you're saying. But it won them games down the stretch. Now it wasn't. It was messy, right? Garantano, <laughs> it was messy. Garantano was was really good off the bench against South Carolina. He was really good off the bench to help them beat Mississippi State. But he was and he was really good against Missouri. I mean, he threw for like four hundred something yards against Missouri, but they but he struggled in the red zone. And that was the thing about Jared Garantano is fan, fine in between the twenties, but when he gets in the red zone, that's where he struggles because he's late on passes. And he can't get away with it in the tight well, red zone. He still makes bonehead mistakes. Exactly. And you and, can't do that against SEC defenses if you're vying for an SEC East title. You can't was, do it. And, and he just is, throws the ball high, throws the ball to the other team, and then is like, darn it. And he, he, he and yes, he had a broken wrist. So you have to respect the fact that he had a ro- broken wrist. So he was Fair. not very good against Kentucky. Um, he was uh he was awful against Vanderbilt because it was raining and he could not throw. He was bad. And Eric Gray had like a bunch of yards and that's how they won that, that game. Whole game was bad. Right. And Indiana, that bowl game, he was bad until the last five minutes. And so Jared Garantano, while he had really good moments to save it, it was like he was creating his own adversity by getting in his own way. And then he had to come save himself from himself. And in here it is. Uh, I would add two words to the end of this comment, but Gmail on base brings up reckless i would add reckless at times and when you're reckless at times in the sec you can't win games consistently and that's how the only way that you're going to have success yes uh trust says some of jg's inaccurate throws might be some of the worst i've ever seen yeah i mean he just missed just by 10 yards and you're just like how how does that happen a to z sports here live on a friday we've still got some good topics to get to including ain't that good news where i am loaded uh, with good news today, but uh, I saw Zach Ellis, who used to write for Sports Illustrated, uh, tweet out yesterday of asking the question, which is a very fair question of how is Jeremy Pruitt's recruiting fire and recruiting momentum that he has right now with the top three class? How is that any different from the type of recruiting that Butch Jones did in the first couple of seasons when he was at Tennessee? So we'll get to that here in a second. But first, Zach, tell the people where the hardwood floors are the best. Yes, it's easy. It's Calvin and Subtle. Calvin and Subtle is the place that you need to go to get your hardwood floors. And the process is very, very simple. It's very, very easy. What you do is you start out and you give them a call, right? That's where the process begins. 615-448-6414. That's 615-448-6414 or go online at calvinandsubtle.com. They're going to come into your house. They're going to wear a mask. They're going to wear gloves. And they're going to assess your situation. Maybe you need new hardwood floors in your living room or your kitchen, or your your bedroom. I, I don't know what you need hard, new hardwood floors and where, but if you do need them, there's one place to go. Calvin and Soto will have that turnaround time in the snap of a finger. They'll assess it. You can either go to their showroom and pick out your perfect hardwood floor, and they have a wide range, right, from $30 a square foot to $1.99 a square foot. So cost-efficient and also luxury. You pick out your hardwood floor, and within two weeks – it will be ordered and installed. You can't get that anywhere else. If your wife is talking about, hey, honey, I'm looking to get some new hardwood floors, this is the most effective way to do it. It's calvinandsubtle.com. They're trusted by us. They're trusted by so many Middle Tennesseans. 615-448-6414. 
All right, A to Z Sports here live on a Friday. Don't forget our A to Z Sports podcast feed where you can find the Big Orange podcast and also the Tighten Up podcast once a week there. A to Z Sports, wherever you get your podcasts uh, there. So why and 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 how is Butch Jones's uh, recruiting different than what Jeremy Pruitt is doing right now? I, my, my main question is when it comes to stars and final recruiting rankings, there is no difference, right? It's it, but there is a difference in the method and how Jeremy Pruitt is going about it. Butch Jones was all about the flash. He was all about the red, rolling out the the orange carpet as they did. All about the big recruiting events and basically telling a recruit whatever that recruit wanted to hear to make him sign or commit. Jeremy Pruitt is being more selective in who he's going after when Butch was just offering anybody who had four plus stars next to their name. And, and the thing is Butch Jones had a lot of talent after this past NFL draft, Zach 28 players from Tennessee's 2016 roster are on NFL rosters, 28. That's a lot. Now, not all of them are draft picks, but that is, it is impressive with the, the talent Butch Jones acquired. It's just, he did not maximize that talent. When Mike Vrabel was hired as Titans head coach, the main thing he said was, we need to maximize Marcus Mariota. Now, did he do it? I don't know. Or did that uh, injury get in the way? We'll Who find knows? out. But we'll find out. But uh, Jeremy Pruitt is finding a way to maximize and to work with the talent that he's getting. And Daryl Taylor is a great example. Daryl Taylor, a highly recruited kid, um, four-star kid coming out of high school. His first two years at Tennessee – he was behind Derek Barnett for a year, but three and a half sacks over two years. That was it for Daryl Taylor. The last two years, he led the SEC with 16 and a half sacks over the last two years and turned himself into a top 50 draft pick. That's Jeremy Pruitt and that staff developing and working with Daryl Taylor and Daryl Taylor being the right, having the right type of mindset to do that because Taylor is, was always going to be a good college player, but Pruitt and that staff took him to the next level, and there are other examples of that across the roster. So there's one thing that nobody should or has questioned Jeremy Pruitt about. We question if, could he be a good head coach. In-game, could he, could he make the right calls on fourth down, which I would question he hasn't done a very good job of that. He tends to go for it uh, at times where you don't need to. But the one thing we didn't question is his recruiting ability. That's one for all of the head coaches that he's worked for at all of his stops at Florida State, Georgia, Tennessee, where all all the this guy can recruit. There's something about him that that players, high schoolers like. There's about their guardians, their parents, their grandparents that they feel safe in handing their athletes over to Jeremy Pruitt's reins and. He is, I mean, he solidified that as a head coach. Yeah. We knew that he was going to get the players. And here's where the optimism, I think, is kind of bred from for Tennessee fans. When he when he was hired, everybody knew he could recruit. Can he develop? I think in two years, he has shown he can definitely develop better than Butch Jones, but that's a small Yeah, ball, that's right? not saying a ton, yeah. But – but where the examples that you've brought up, I do – I think that it, it, the writing is on the wall that – Jeremy Pruitt is the right guy if, to your point, he gets the right quarterback, right? And he continues to stack these classes like Georgia has done. And then finally, and this is the most important, and this will make his job a lot easier. Once, to Bama Shane, yeah. once you start winning games that matter, you start getting players that matter. Yeah, And so all these stars are great, but – you got to beat Alabama or Georgia or Florida. I'm just or not and or to start rising up the ranks of wow Tennessee and I, I will bring this up because I actually I saved it. Um, there's a guy on Twitter. His name is like Rainy Vall. Yeah, probably yeah. heard Rainy. Right? You know Rainy. Rainy. I, uh, well, I, somehow he popped through my timeline, and one of the things he was questioning that. Why is everybody so surprised that Tennessee is doing such a good job? They are a, a, a very big program, very big school. Well, to answer Rainey's question is very simple, is results. They haven't beaten Alabama 
Florida. They beat Florida that one time at home, but then wetting wetting the bed later in the year against South Carolina and Vanderbilt nixed that Florida win. They can't beat Georgia to save their damn life unless it's a Hail Mary, right? They well, have got I mean, they haven't been they haven't been close to sniffing Georgia's jock in the last three years, but they beat them. They beat them two years in a row. Uh, there under Butch Jones. And what did they have to show for it, though? Yeah, nothing. And and that's my point is, and, and so the, you're you're solidifying my point. Winning the games are great, but you have to, and this is where Tennessee has got to make that shift. And I I believe in Tennessee because I believe in the program and I believe I follow the dollars. The dollars tell you wherever you need to go, that a program to get back, they can get the right guys, they can make the money, they can get back to prominence. It's making the switch of when you win those games, doing something with them. And that's something the Vols have failed to do in a very, very long time. Yes. Uh, Ethan Ramsey says, Butch Jones is that sleazy used car salesman, but Pruitt is the car mechanic. I'll take it a step further. Butch Jones. I think that's a good, I think that's no, a good analogy. It, and you want the mechanic to actually fix your car, yeah, not to sell you a lemon. Right. But it's also like the personalities. Like the used car salesman like is the try-hard guy that's, like, desperate, right? Like, you can feel desperation. There's a stereotype. Yes, right, no. But here, here's where I'm taking the next, for, the next, this next step further. Butch Jones is like Michael Scott, where Jeremy Pruitt is like Daryl from The Warehouse. Think about that, because Michael Scott was so desperate to be liked by everybody who worked in his office, right? Daryl... As the, as the office went over its nine seasons, Daryl's smart dude. Daryl knew a lot of things and how to do it, who, how to do things well, but he never got that opportunity. But now Daryl, who is relatable, who is well liked by his coworkers, Daryl got a lot more opportunities than Michael Scott at, at, at some point flamed out. You know, what right, I, mean? I love the analogy, and I think that the one question that I would have to that analogy: Can Daryl, or in this case jeremy pruitt be a ceo of a forbes 500 company not just dunder mifflin right sure yeah that, that's the big thing because that's where tennessee's expectations are is to get into a college football playoff and to be the ceo of apple amazon yahoo facebook the big gm the big dogs the big companies not to be the upstart president of some small conglomerate right right because that's what tennessee is one of those big companies uh in college football it's just been struggling right now and for a while but right and so and that's a question that we cannot answer yet i do love the analogy i think that we're we're getting more and understanding exactly who jeremy prude is and i think there's a ton of really good qualities like from and i will say this very critical from the first time i've ever heard jeremy pruitt speak right this guy doesn't have stop saying I it is Wait, not a he's word. not polished he's not like oh, no, presidential no, no, but, but but he's come a long way since then from the first SEC media days Austin that we went down uh, that was at Atlanta I think correct and Atlanta was the first time we heard him speak and he was eyed all over the board I was like I get this guy off the stage mm-hmm. the second year in Birmingham he cleaned up his act right he learned a lot and that that actually that proved to me as somebody who judges a lot of people, right? It's the job of, of what the media is. I judge you based on what you do. Can you put up and shut up? And can you learn from your mistakes? And from what I've seen from Jeremy Pruitt, he can learn from his mistakes and he can evolve. And so I took great pride in watching him evolve into, and he's got a long way to go. I'm not sitting here saying he's, you know, sharp as a tack and can go sure. up and and, and, yeah. and sell the world like Nick Saban can, right? Nick Saban's influence, he can influence the sport. Jeremy Pruitt, I think, has proved he can influence the fan base, and now he can influence really good recruits. There's a there's a level of stacking days, stacking, as they say. He's doing a good job in that. So I do want to give him credit of that and recognize it. Yeah, uh, Jacob says Pruitt also has Phil's office right down the hall. Being able to go talk to a national championship head coach for advice is valuable. Yeah, and and Jeremy Pruitt is slowly morphing into looking like Philip Fulmer. Uh, he looks a lot like Fulmer 
and and how he's gaining weight, how his face is shaping, he's bald and he's got the glasses. They look very similar. But uh, another comment that I wanted to get to too, Michael Campbell asked, "Do y'all think players and parents saw Pruitt's emotions on Jer- on Garantano after the Alabama play helped with recruits at all?" A lot of people, national media members, seeing that the face mask grab blasted Jeremy Pruitt for that. But I think you can look at how that how Jeremy Pruitt has shown a care for his players and that he coaches them hard because he cares about them. As cliche as that is, I could say yes. And Zach Reagan adds, the fact that Jared Garantino stayed at Tennessee says all we need to know about that situation, which I also agree with there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Hey, look at this. Bama Shane. I've always liked Pruitt and really hope he succeeds at Tennessee. <laughs> Bama Shane. Yeah, so, look at so that. Figure. Well, here, here's the best part. All these Bama boys, including Bama Shane and all these people, I knew it. I knew it from school from day one. And I've, I've heard Shane and Terry, who's a Bama guy uh, who owns 24-7 sports. He said it and he's he look, I, he doesn't didn't pull any punches. He admits that he's a Bama fan. Sure. I've heard him say, look, I knew that he's going to be the right guy. Nobody really knows. You can have a feeling. But you know, like, the credit is is really going to start pouring out if he starts stacking from eight wins to ten wins and competing. Right, because Bama fans can say that all, all they want. Like, the, yeah, I love Jeremy Pruitt. I, I really hope he does a good job at Tennessee. They can say that because Tennessee is so far from being a threat to Alabama that it doesn't matter if Bama fans say that. If Jeremy Pruitt beats Alabama, I don't know when, but if he beats Alabama, you're going to stop hearing that from Alabama fans because now he's done something to affect them. Yeah. No, for sure. All right, A to Z Sports, let's get to this here live on the show. This is uh, really the conversation. All this has been window dressing up until what we have. And I look, I do want to say this before we move on to our next topic, which is going to be hilarious, and I can't wait. This is where comments really start rolling in. Uh, if you haven't heard, I know a lot of Titans fans are listening. We do Titan shows. We do SEC shows. We do Vol shows like we're doing today. Diana Rossini just reported, uh, just to tell you guys, she just uh, tweeted out that I'm told that the Seattle Seahawks and the Tennessee Titans are still interested in Jadeveon Clowney. Both teams have made multiple offers, but nothing that matches Clowney's desired price tag. So it's about those dollars. Source believes that he's just not in a hurry to sign right now. So there's no big news. It's not Clowney, but Clowney Watch is continuing He's just not in a hurry to sign right now is really the news that you should know as it relates to Jadeveon Clowney. That is Diane Rossini of ESPN reporting that. Good. Stretch that thing out, J.D. All right, A to Z Sports here live on a Friday. We'll get to good news. Or have I got, I've got some good news uh, for everybody involved uh, here as well later on the show. But we've been doing a best and a worst segment every day uh, for the last month plus. The best and the worst. What is the best and the worst thing about the Tennessee Vols fan base, <laughs> Zach is just so happy. So, like we like, you know, true Southerners do, you compliment somebody before you tear them down. Uh, so, the best and the worst thing about the Tennessee Vols fan base. But first, let me tell you about RentersWarehouse.com. That's where you should go to find out how much your home can rent for. They're the professional landlords in the Nashville area, and RentersWarehouse.com gives you a great alternative to selling your house when you do move out or many other ways you can use Renters Warehouse to your benefit uh, that maybe your income has changed because of the coronavirus. Maybe that mortgage is eating too deep into that income and you don't want to sell your house, but you can't keep paying that mortgage. You can go rent your house out to somebody to help help pay that mortgage and you and your family can rent out a cheaper house. That's one way. If you own Airbnbs, they can give you relief by filling those Airbnbs without tourists as well. Renterswarehouse.com is where to go. Got some really good comments, and we'll feature your comments on our new streaming service as we broadcast live to Twitch, Periscope, YouTube, Facebook, and IG Live. Austin, you got to give these IGers a tick down when it gets close to an hour, though, because right. then whew, we disappear. That's right. We, we, we've got 12 minutes uh, before IG Live goes vanishes away. So, all right, the best thing about – and the best and the worst about the Tennessee Vols fan base – uh, Eddie says the best is the passion. The worst is the we back. 
Uh, let's see. Bama Shane says the best is next year is our year. He's so he's viewing that as the best is that it's always about next year. And you can say the same thing about the Vol basketball program because they've got, you know, a top five recruiting class because next year is better than this year. So it's next year is always better than this year when it comes to Tennessee. Jeff Rubel says the worst Tennessee fans are these, we back, we could beat Ohio state if they are afraid of us. I don't think, I think um, Jeff Rubel's creating that, Tennessee thinks they can be Ohio State. That. That's not happening. Uh, so, Zach, what is your best part about the Tennessee Vol fan base? The the best part about the Tennessee Vol fan base is something that I look for in a person, in a person that I surround myself with, a person that I hang out with, a person that I do business with, and that is care. And I'm going to say it because I don't care. The Tennessee volunteer fan base gives a shit. And that that goes so far, right? If you, they will, look, they will ride with you. They will criticize you. They'll kind of go into the back seat and shut up when they're not relevant. But they'll also try as hard as they possibly can to get back to where they were because they tasted it, right? Not everybody can say they won a national championship, and Tennessee did in 1998, which is a long, 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 long time ago. But they care, and I I respect that. If you try, you buy the tickets, you you tailgate, you talk, you get on message boards, you click when you're in a down year, you are interested, that I think tells me that group of people, right? Everybody's got a group of people, whether it's religion, a political party, uh, a race, a fan base. That is a group of people. The Tennessee group of people, they care. And they are not afraid to talk about it. They're also not afraid. And I think it's been really sobering over the last decade plus. They also will admit midway through the season when they're when they're out of it, they've lost to Florida and Georgia and Alabama. And they'll say, God, we suck. Why? Why? Now, that's the best part about them is that they care and they are truly invested in what they care about. Yeah, I, I could say investment. Uh, Tress says loyalty. Tyree says loyalty. And Tyree says the worst is loyalty to a fault. <laughs> so like, I think it's heart, passion, loyalty, investment. And, you know, you said overall give a shit about what's going on with Tennessee. You can't disagree with that. And it's, it's, you know, that's, that's what it is. It's the, it's the, I'm going to do everything to rally around my football team, my school to make sure it can be as great as possible. So that's the best thing. Now, what's the worst thing about Tennessee fans and the fan base in general? The worst thing is I think is the the volatility, and I did not mean to have that pun in there. But the volatility the volatility of the Tennessee <laughs> fan base is the worst thing because it gets like it gets violent in a hurry, and it doesn't need to be like that. And I think I think Tennessee fans because they're so passionate, all of these things that we're talking about, they're all under follow the umbrella of emotion <laughs> it's they are too emotional which turns nasty in a hurry when things get bad so i will say the best loyalty the worst volatility yeah and i i completely understand that i think uh strike brings up a point that i'm going to kind of expand on and he says the best and worst is vol twitter and everybody knows like vol twitter is a thing you can't sit there and like deny or be naive that it's not yeah but that also breeds that why it's the worst is and I, i'm gonna be cold-blooded because i don't care the vol twitter and the vol fan base you can use a bully mentality and they will like what makes them good is their passion and the group right but the yeah. group also uses nastiness to get what they want Look, the Greg Schiano thing, maybe it's justified, maybe it's not. That's in the eye of the beholder. But Vol Twitter will try to just run you over in droves. It's a mob. It's yeah, a mob and mentality. Mob, yeah. And mob is not a positive thing, right? Right? Like that, 
if you look, uh, just a look at the definition of mob, a large crowd of people, especially one that is disorderly and intent on causing trouble or violence. You the, might as well just take out mob be, and just say Vault Twitter. <laughs> no, well, no, what they should do, we should change the, the name instead of Vault Twitter. It should be the Vault Mob. Yeah. Right. But the problem is, if you start calling them the Vault Mob, they take pride in that. Right. So that's the worst part, in my opinion, is they think that the nastiness and the bulliness and the, all this stuff is a cool thing. Right. It's a thing that makes them separated. But there's been a lot of gar large groups of people that have had that mentality that have been terrible in this world and i'm not sitting here naming names because you're probably people put words in my mouth to try to compare the two but it's not a good look overall to have the mob mentality to try to bully people when you suck right and let's just face it they have not won a god dang thing in a long long time that actually means something and look i do believe that jeremy pruitt i think that the grass will be greener in the future but the, cra the grass has been dead. It's been hay laying in the fields for a long, long time. Well, That's the worst part about them. And Look, I'll say I compliment them time and time again, sure. but I got to call them out. No, for no, what that's they what are. we're talking about the worst thing. And I said volatility, and Eddie Lale nails it. He says the volatility comes from the passion and the BS that got floated out of the athletic department for the last 10 years. Like it's Tennessee has brought this amongst among themselves, like the university, because of. Awful chancellors, the bad mob, decisions, yeah. the Haslam family trying to be the most powerful family in all of sports. And, and so there are reasons why the Vol fan base is the way it is because they have been burned and they have crushed issues with their own university. But let's not get it misconstrued because Don brings up that's all fan bases, Zach. Don, no, it is not. Not to the level that Tennessee fans take it. That's why I say it is not all fan bases. So, look, I, look, I, I, I definitely think if you're talking about like Totten, this could be a whole other show like in the month of June when nothing's happening. But, you know, the other fan bases that are kind of on that same level as Vol Twitter, I think Florida State is one. Michigan, absolutely. I think. Uh, Florida fans and Georgia fans. Georgia fans can be just as nasty as Tennessee fans because it, but 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 Georgia has won things, right? They've won the SEC East. They've been yeah. they've been to the and, college football playoff. And I, you I, don't I, look as nasty. Well, you become less nasty of a person when you win. You do, right? Because you you've reigned, right? You've won. The reason why, and the first two fan bases I think are very important that you brought up, because yeah, I put true. them in the same pool. They yeah. are sitting there in the same damn pool. It's Michigan and Tennessee. And, and, the reason, and Florida State. And the reason why, and yeah, I think it's Florida, Florida State absolutely fits in this. I think it's those three because they're they're the most comparable three that we're talking about. Because they haven't won a damn thing in a long time. Like Florida State has more recently with Jameis Winston, but Michigan has been just completely paddled by Ohio State for God knows how long, right? And I know a handful of Michigan fans. Like, I've got friends that are Michigan fans. I know their passion. But they're, the funny thing is, the group, I got a group of 16, fantasy football. They're either, and now, damn, now that I think about it, all of them, I'm 16. 15 of them are either Tennessee or Michigan fans. Good That's Lord. so weird. What have I been I living in? Yeah, how did you I've land yourself in a weird thing. hell? Yeah. But those two are the same because they have nothing to show for it. And look, yeah. it's hard to swallow, but that's a fact. Yeah, and then Bama Shane says uh, Bama fans threw bricks through the coach's office. Like that, the reason why the Alabama fan base is not being discussed with Tennessee, with with Michigan and Florida State is because they've won like a million national championships under Nick Saban. And and I think that the comment that I want to make sure I credit to the right person. Uh, there, Charlie says Alabama Twitter fans would probably be the same as us, Vol fans for Charlie, if Twitter was around pre Saban. I, you know, I agree with that. I think pre Nick Saban, Alabama fans could have been comparable to what Vol Twitter is now. It's just social media is such a different beast uh, in today's world pre than what it was pre Saban. Yeah, no, and Alabama fan, it'll be interesting because. Like Alabama is still really, really good. I don't yes. want to sit there and say they're not. But they last year they took a step back. They didn't take a step forward. Sure. LSU took the step forward and boat race Clemson 
And I think that was tough to swallow for Bama fans, even though it was a quarterback injury issue and all that. But uh, it will be – I cannot wait to see what Alabama fans do in the next couple of years because I'm, I'm interested to see what Alabama and Nick Saban does over the next couple of years. They get recruits, but they've had the benefit of really good coaching and quarterback play that has been good enough to get them to the college football playoff oh, time and time and time again. All right, A to Z Sports, we've got one minute, 15 seconds remaining on IG Live. So if you're watching there, flip on over. You got four options because we're, we're doing the, the quadruple broadcast right now. So if you're on IG Live and you got a minute left, you can go to Facebook, Twitter, uh, Twitch, or YouTube to finish the good news because I am loaded with good news, Zach. I don't think I've ever had this much good news on a singular Friday because of the time we've been in. So let's get to good news. But first, time out. Yeah. I've got a call. I, and I look, I don't, I don't normally do this. I do this oh, wow. time out. I got a call out and I think he's a top fan because he watches consistently, but this makes no sense. Oh. And I've got to call out when something doesn't make sense. David, what the hell are you talking about, bud? The national championship game was not a boat race, Zach. It was 42 to 25 or like, well, that's that's justified as a boat race. I mean, come on! It was it was twenty eight to seventeen at half, and the the not the Tigers, the other Tigers only scored eight points in the second half. Clemson didn't score a point in the fourth quarter. So, David, I love you, bud, and I appreciate you watching the show. But that doesn't make any sense. Go check the score. Yes, uh, it was definitely a boat race for sure. Um, so Jeff, yep. Twitch. We've got the follow, uh, on Twitch there. So let's get to good news. Cause I, I am absolutely loaded with good news today. First, my first good news, Zach, is the fact that this afternoon I am walking into Mandu and Brentwood and getting a workout for the first time in six weeks. Mandu.com. Your first workout is free, and it's the perfect opportunity for you to work to use that first free workout because gyms will start to open across the state of Tennessee, and how comfortable will you feel in your gym with a bunch of other people, even if it does have limitations? Mandu is basically going to be like it is normal. It's only by appointment. You're working out with one other person, Max. It's you and a trainer. It only takes 15 minutes. You They sanitize everything anyway. And it's a 15-minute workout, a full-body electronic muscle stimulation that simulates five-plus hours in an actual weight room. So my first good news, Zach, is Mandu is back open in Brentwood and in Cool Springs. Mandu.com. Check out your first free workout. That is true because I'm tired of doing home workouts. Like I sit there, I've got weights. I I jump rope a little bit. I've got somebody who has a Peloton that I've tried out. I'm tired of that. I want to get back into my routine of Mandu. So I I'm with. I am I am so hyped, so hyped for Mandu this afternoon, and I'll I'll post. I'm glad to be back in that Mandu uh, studio. So uh, I've got. Two other good news. I don't know what you're if you have good news, Zach, and we'll do a little good news. Well, yeah, segment. it's a segment. I've got to have it. I well, I, I know. I well, I have two. I didn't know if you had one because we can do a good news sandwich if you want to, like we do shade sandwiches on Wednesday. Go for it. All right, my first good news um, is the fact that I we talked about this in late January uh, when my brother's best friend and roommate was diagnosed with a brain tumor that was cancerous. He had brain surgery right before the Titans Chiefs AFC Championship game. Well, today, my boy Ryan will be ringing that bell as he finishes his treatment uh, for uh, following that surgery and that procedure. So congrats to Ryan. That's great news, man. I know it's been a, a good fight and through all this stuff. So my good news is ringing that bell for Ryan today. Uh, I know he was trying to decide if he wanted to wear a Titans hat or a, uh, a Vols hat. Um, but, I mean, Ryan, congrats, brother. Dude, that is awesome. So you know what we need to do? And we've, we've kind of done this. this. That's that's absolutely good news. We're ringing the bell on social media. You go find the bell on Facebook or you. There's it's an emoji. There's a bell emoji. I don't know where you found it and how you found it that quick, but you got it. <laughs> I've got it. I've got ring that bell. There you go. Ring that bell. So comment because that's that is huge. That's big. That's larger than life. So ring the bell. 
comment with the bell. That would mean a lot to us and everybody that surrounds him, I'm sure, because that's that's huge news. Yes, so congrats to Ryan. All right, Zach. All right, so my my news uh, is, gosh, it's not as good as that. Now, why would, why would you start with that? I can't live up to those expectations. because yes, that deserves oh, to go first, does it not? That's not about beating cancer. That, that deserves to go first. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for, for yeah. making – that, sh- that it probably should have gone last, but I mean, come on. I, I mean, Brian- we rang the bell early, but damn, Austin, <laughs> you just you set the bar so high. I don't. <laughs> my good news. That's is okay. Hatred. That's okay. It's not okay. I want somebody that has beaten cancer. I want another. I'm sure somebody out there has. Yeah. So we'll ring the bell for everybody. So my good news has to do with a little bit of hope. Mine has to do with what happened yesterday. So, as you know, I'm a huge NBA basketball fan. I love the NBA. I love sports just like a lot of other people. But there were some rumors swirling that NBA execs wanted to cancel the season. And just like we talked about Nick Saban having the power to shift whatever needs to be shifted, LeBron James comes out and tweets, saw some reports about execs and agents wanting to cancel the season. That's absolutely not true. Nobody I know saying anything like that. As soon as it's safe, we would like to finish our season. I'm ready, and our team is ready. Nobody should be canceling anything. King crown emoji. That gives me the most hope of any tweet that I've seen from the president, political party. I don't – Tony Fauci. LeBron LeBron James James (laughs) tweeting moves – Oh no, did Zach freeze? Zach froze. This has never happened. This has not happened yet. Zach froze. What happened? No, this can't be true. Zach froze in the funniest face possible. I don't know what happened. Quick screenshot. Somebody do it. I got it. I'm on the screenshot. Uh oh, now is that coming back? I'm there not gonna be back. You're back. You're back. What happened? Are we back? Yeah, you're back. You're back. You're good. What happened? I guess my connection cut out for a second. Well, you're good now. We back. We back. We back. <laughs> we back. Frozone 2. <laughs> yeah, really. But my good news is LeBron James and his power I gives me hope that the NBA will at least try to finish their season, and that's big time. All right. You, I hope somebody got a screenshot of that. I did not. I would try to, but then it didn't work. So anytime uh, any of my face freezes or if I try to stop, I'm usually doing like crazy eyes or open mouth or something crazy. So I, I'm sure it was. Ridiculous. Oh, Tress got it. Of course, Tress is the guy who got the embarrassing screenshot face for Zach. That's just well, yeah, because if you're watching her phone, it's like, oh, well, I got to do this. Stink. <laughs> All right. So my last good news, and this is also pretty cool. Uh, I mentioned my brother's best friend, Ryan, who's watching the show on Periscope right now. So everybody rang the bell for Ryan. So we appreciate that. Uh, But my brother works for a company called Universal Tennis at UTR and not NASCAR. NASCAR is not going to be the first sports sport to be back neck in two weeks. Tennis is being back. It's coming back next week. They are having um, a, a tennis tournament down in West Palm Beach, Florida. So they are back. My brother's company is helping out with this, and they're running this event. So they are the first pro sport to be back as they are doing the, the UTR Pro Match Series down in West Palm Beach that's next week. Uh, tennis Sangren, who's a Nashville native, is playing in this. There are like six top 50 players in the world playing in this. So tennis is the champion of who can come back first. Man, you you really should have flip-flopped that sandwich. That was I the know, wrong side of the bread. <laughs> I know, I know. But but again, like I'm 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 proud. That's why I said I was loaded with good news. I've got I've got Ryan ringing the bell today, my brother uh being pretty successful in what he's doing down there and he's been, you know, he worked with the CEO with this and and, and the New York Times published the article um that was uh that was about the UTR tennis series. So uh, big, big congrats. And gay. Hey, the best thing about that news story about tennis coming back is now people have something to gamble on when it comes to sports. Yeah, no, absolutely. For sure. So I want to end on this, right? Because we've had a long show, let out a long Friday and we got new, we got new viewers. Cause I've never seen this guy. Cause we just started on up on YouTube uh, about a week ago, 45 every time. He brings up the NBA's China's property. 
We in America will not let bad eaters take over our country and our sports, okay? We've got to protect. It's not China's property. The NBA is a part of America. I do believe that the world is working together. I do believe that China and America and the world will get back to where we need to be. That is the good news. A year from now, we will be out of this. We will be out of this. I, I believe that. So there is hope. Today is May 1st, Austin. Yeah. May 1st is a step in the right direction. You know, have you seen those memes? It's going to be May. Well, it's going to be better this month than it was last month. And I'm (laughs) talking about in China. I'm talking about in America, in Italy, and in Spain. I truly believe that it will be better all over the world because eventually we're going to have to work together to get us out of this entire mass world problem, right? So today is better than yesterday, and hopefully tomorrow will be as soon. But we got to stay safe when you go yeah. out there, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Lucci says, I'm definitely not betting on tennis. Oh, Lucci, you're wrong, bro. That's where the money is made. Betting on tennis and women's tennis, which will happen in two weeks after the men's tournament, that's where you, that's where you make some money uh, there for sure. So, And hey, I need to clarify. Yeah. Knock on wood if you're with me <laughs> for G-Man on base. Did not call China bad eaters. I call the people that eat bats bad eaters. The people, you, if you eat bats, I'm out. That's, it's a certain number of people. It's not the, China's a huge country, right? So this is not riding a broad brush. Yes, yes. All right, guys. Great week of shows. Uh, Judavian Clowney's not going to sign anytime soon, according to uh, Diana Rossini. Where's Josina Anderson on this? I'm surprised she hasn't tweeted something about texting with him, too. So, all right, guys, have a great weekend. Uh, have a safe weekend. It's going to be fantastic weather today and Saturday. Make sure that you do stay safe as more things start to open up. Uh, I'm excited for what May is going to look like for us and for A to Z and more things coming. So have a great weekend. Uh, Buck will be back Sunday night with A to Z Sports Primetime, and we will see you uh, Monday morning. Thanks for watching. Have a great weekend. Adios.